everyone, and welcome back to the Knights of the Dawn podcast, where we talk about everything Brandon Mole. Today, we're going to be talking about book two of the Fablehaven series, Fablehaven, Rise of the Evening Star, and we're going to be talking about the first four chapters in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm Jessica. And I'm Megan. And we are super happy to be here today. All right, but forewarning, we are currently in an area with a lot of construction going on around us, so yeah. we are currently in a sound booth, but... We don't know how much of that sound's going to get through, so we just want to warn you guys in advance. So you have to hear random thumps or something in the background. It's yeah, people it, renovating around us. Yes. Yeah. It's really annoying. And also, I don't know why, but we're both really discombobulated right now. <laughs> I am very tired today. <laughs> like, we're just so, kind of out of it, so this is going to be an interesting one. Probably going to be a little bit shorter, but This is going to be interesting. an interesting episode, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Hopefully it's entertaining. Ideally. Yeah. All right, so talking about the intro to the first chapter. Well, not the intro to the first, just like the intro to the book, which is the first chapter. Case in point, you can see. <laughs> okay, okay, the first chapter of the book. Yeah, it's called... The New Student. The New Student. I really like how this book starts just because, like, Kendra is, like, kind of, like, reflecting on, like, just, like, how much how much has changed because, like... It's not even just the fact that now she knows, like, there's this bigger world out there. Yeah. It's not like Peter Parker just wanted to join the Avengers so he doesn't care about school anymore. She's just like, no, I'm like, I got the confidence boost. Like, she's now coming out of her shell a lot. Like, like, and she has more friends now. Like, she isn't as much of an introvert. And I think that's really interesting. Like, what saving an entire, like, magical preserve will do for your social status. (laughs) Well, not even, no one knows, though. I know, that's the crazy thing. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's kind of fun. We see her just, you know, in school, you know, at the end of the year. And reading this, I was like, man, like, the last week of school was the best and the worst because you'd be done with school, basically, but then you still have to go sometimes. Yeah. Don't honestly, a lot of people skipped. My parents never let me skip. I could never skip. Yeah, my mom never let me skip, but I had a lot of friends who just never showed up to the last week because we never did, like, finals. It was always like a couple weeks before the end. Anyway, the new student shows up. Mm-hmm. His name is Casey Hancock. It goes by Case because he's cool. Case. He's too cool for school. But Kendra immediately knows there's something fishy about him mm-hmm. because he is revolting apparently in appearance. <laughs> and I love how they like they immediately point out like how different Kendra is now. Not even just in the social part, but like she has like been changed magically. Yeah, like because like they mentioned at the end of the last book, but it's not really harped on. Where like she can now see magical creatures without the assistance of the magic milk. Yeah, which is in Grandpa's eyes, from what we hear, a blessing and a curse. Because mm-hmm. ignorance is bliss, and knowledge can bring trouble. Yes. So, in this case, though, Kendra sees it as more like now I can protect like some people. She knows there's something going yeah. on. I love that she, imme- well, for one, I love that she immediately goes to Seth, being like, yeah. okay. And I can imagine she d- kind of does it with a grain of salt, like, takes it with a grain of salt, like, ugh, the one person I can talk to is my... <laughs> is my little brother. <laughs> the little dynamic where he's like, why are you talking to me during school? <laughs> but as soon as she said, it says it's Fablehaven stuff, he says, okay, it's let's like, go. Oh, this is, like, Like, serious. he leaves his friends, yeah, and he just funny. says, okay, we're good. And I'm like, dang, like, I really like that. Like, it, it does feel like a bit of an older Seth, like, from the last book. Oh, yeah. Like, especially from, like, what we got in the first bit of the first book, this does seem, he does seem to have matured a bit more. 
has been a year. Mm-hmm. And I do like that part of that he attributes to like the fact that he's no longer the ruler of the roost of the elementary school. He's at the bottom <laughs> of the pecking order <laughs> at the middle the, school. Yeah. Uh, gotta work his way up. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And so, so yeah, Kendra is like, why is this like goblin all of a sudden in my space? Like, <laughs> in, in my class, and then. He starts, like, talking to her friends, and it is kind of like she knows she can't say anything, but she kind of gets the vibe that he obviously knows who she is, but obviously she can't say anything in front of her friends. So it's like, it's like, it's like I know who you are, and you know who I am, but we can't, like, talk about it. And I know that you know who I am, and I know that you know that you can't do and anything about it. And I know that you know it. that I know that you know that I know. <laughs> and it's just like Kendra is just sitting there being frustrated because, like, Seth at first teases her about it, like, yeah, oh, do you just want his number, or is he too cute? Well, because to literally everyone else, he is, like, the most attractive person. Like, everything... Mr. Soap Opera, he's according like, to Seth. <laughs> what Seth actually says, he's like, he is cute, Seth Gust. What does he look like? He has the dreamiest eyes. Knock it off. See, that there, I don't know if she's, oh, she's I, it's, a little bit. It's him being sarcastic, but also, like, just being like, oh, yeah, no, he is attractive. Like, he's got a that, handsome guy. He's got that look where he's, like, a little bit of a bad boy. Like, his hair's a little bit messy, but it's on purpose. But yeah, it was just Seth being, like, being Seth. But it yeah, is like, funny. Just to make sure, like, you're not just pulling my leg, right? Like, yeah. this is, you're not just, like, looking for this guy's number. But, yeah. I thought it was funny. <laughs> like, just, like. Especially because this is, like, 12-year-old Seth. This is a (laughs) 12-year-old. He's just funny messing with his sister, being like, are you sure? He's actually, like, disgusting. So, yeah. And so Case, like, gets Kendra and her friends to go to the movies and starts, like, making moves on her best friend, Alyssa. Let's be honest. Like, smoothest move of all time. He asks four girls out at the same time to the same movie. bold, yeah. So, guys out there, you know, if you (laughs) want... You got some riz. Just ask out four girls at once. I would not imitate that. No. Yeah, and I like. I love how like we we really like put in Kendra's Kendra's headspace, like with just her like revulsion. Like the entire movie, she's like, "Yeah, no, I would rather not have the popcorn that you handled with your warty hands, or I'd rather not pay attention to you like putting the moves on to like two of my friends at the exact same time." Mm Oh, middle school. (laughs) So, yeah. And so then the next day at school, um, she's approached by a stranger Mm -hmm. offering his help. Yeah. And I love it at this point, like, word's starting to get around even then. Just that, like, Casey's not, Case is not a normal kid. He's not quite what you expect. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, like... Like, just to go back a little bit, like, that night when, like, they drop off her friend Case in front of, like, her friend's house. Alyssa. Alyssa, yes. Uh, And then um, Case kisses the girl, Alyssa, and she's, like, she comes into Kendra the next day and she's, like, like, she's seen a ghost. She's, like, he kissed me and it tasted, like, it was the worst breath ever. And I just love that, like, Kendra's, like, like, he has dog breath. And I just love that Kendra's just, like, huh, it's almost like I told you something was up. Nah, so, so, like, yeah. Alyssa starts seeing that something's wrong, and, like, we see through, like, throughout the like, throughout the few next few days. He kisses, like, three more girls, first yeah. off, player, yeah. um, and, like, keeps getting, like, that exact same reaction with that. Yeah, the, the word is getting round that mm-hmm. he's gross. And so Kendra's like, this is a problem. And yeah. then, oh, how miraculously a solution is provided. Mm-hmm. 
um, Grandpa's friend, Coulter, has this guy named Errol who is just so conveniently not only... Hang on, let me find the exact part in the book where it says it. He is a cogitator, ruminator, and innovator, a street performer extraordinaire, heaven's special (laughs) gift to women, and a kobold exterminator. These are all different sides of a card that he carries, and yes, there are four of them. So basically, he tells Kendra that this goblin-like thing is actually a kobold, and he is a expert in how to get rid of them. How convenient. How convenient. Yes. Not to hint on anything, but <laughs> if also, you've read these chapters, you know. Yeah. I also, uh, I really like about this part is, like, like Kendra's talking to this guy, and he's kind of looking a little sketch. And I love yeah. that Seth picks up on it. Uh-huh. He goes over, and he's like, hey, Kendra, we're going to miss the bus. Like, the bus is leaving. We got to go. And I love that he's there. He's like, I'm going to give you an out. Like He's aware. They've, they've, I feel like they've grown so much closer just, like, over the past year. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at that same chapter, we forgot something that happened earlier. Mm. Um, at the beginning of, like, class that day, their teacher, Mrs. Price, had oh, that, like, a, shoot, manic episode, episode <laughs> of, like, she sat on attack, fainted, and then woke up and was, like, attacking Kendra, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, Kendra accuses Case because Case had been hanging out around the teacher's desk. Yeah. But, of course, it, it could, could possibly never be Case. Angel of Case. Yeah. Honestly, it reminded me of, like, a Karen talking about her kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Casey is, like, putting on the pressure on Kendra, not just by you know, kind of manipulating her friends, but also causing the teachers, one of the teachers to, like, literally, like, almost attack her and just now... No, to physically attack her, only because Kendra dodged what did she escape harm. Oh, yeah, that's why I said almost. (laughs) And, like, accosting the other students as well. Yeah, yeah, so... Mm. Putting all the pressure on Kendra. Yeah, so, like, that definitely made it, like, more of a pressing thing. And I think that's what makes it a lot more believable. Yeah. Like having that experience fresh in your mind, like this teacher that you've been with for an entire at least a semester, probably the entire year, probably year. suddenly like completely change personality and come after you physically mm-hmm. trying to attack you makes you I think a lot more willing to trust when a someone's trying to help to you. help. Mm-hmm. When somebody comes forward and says, Hey, I got sent by a friend of your grandpa, drop some names that are very reliable. And he also knows that she is, like, fairy-struck or that mm-hmm. she's been, like, changed by the fairies, which is not, not supposed to be in- common information. Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder, how does he find out? Because we do really reveal later on that he is not a good person. Yeah. Yeah, and so how on earth did he find out? Hmm, questions. Very convenient. But, yeah, so he's dropping this, like, classified information, dropping names. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, now we got to trust him and also... We're desperate at this point. Yeah. Kendra's like, well, what else are we going to do? Well, and another reason that they're desperate is that she's been trying to contact her grandpa and, and cannot get a hold of him. Like, she's been trying to call him. She can't reach him. And she sent a, um, a letter, but, you know, snail mail takes a while. So she's just kind of like, I don't know who else to turn to because the only other person that knows about this is Seth. And he's my younger brother. He doesn't know how to deal with this. So, yeah. And so... As soon as, in, like, and I love that she still does have some hesitance. Like, she's not, like... Well, I would hope she would. Yeah. <laughs> Common Honestly, sense. I really love that, like, when he does, like, because he says, okay, so this is the plan. I'm going to meet you guys, and I'm going to take you to somewhere where we can get something that will get rid of the cobalt. 
And so Kendra is, like, agonizing over this. And when they finally do get to his van, they get in. I love what she says. Because she says, okay, we're in the car. It's moving. Here we are, Kendra said. If you're going to kidnap us, tell us, tell me now. I can't handle the suspense. I love this way. She's just like, <laughs> yeah, she's like I just, I, I'm just done. Just tell me. Just rip off the Band-Aid. Like, if you're going to do it, just do it. Just tell us. And I just love that. Like, it's kind of funny. Yeah, and then, like, the guy. Oh, I don't think we even said his name. Errol. Errol, Errol Fisk. Fisk. Errol Fisk. Wait, wasn't it Maddox Maddox Fisk? To go back on record, I really like that Errol like comes out immediately. Like he is a magician. He is a sleight of hand misdirect kind of guy. He flashes a bunch of card tricks in Seth and Kendra's faces to be like, "Oh, here!" And like he like the fun. The interesting thing is like he is a bad guy. We know that. Yeah. But he like flashes all of these like tricks and he shows them his hand. Or he shows them one of his hands and, like, shows him, like, how he... Shows them how he's doing these tricks to gain their trust. And so it's, like, he has, like, so many different layers. He, like, peels back a few to make it seem like he's being trustworthy. Yeah. But he's keeping, like, so many more in reserve. I found that very interesting. Yeah, he's pretending to let them think that they're seeing behind the curtain. Mm Mm-hmm. But when there's really like three more curtains that they don't even know about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, looking at the wiki, yes, Maddox's last name is Fisk, and so is Errol's. So I've never noticed that before. <laughs> I just barely noticed it. That is that just something he just he just used the last name Fisk and didn't realize. Spoilers for the end of book two and possibly for the third book as well. Okay, we're just saying just to be safe. End of book two and book three. Hi everyone, this is Megan editing this episode in the future. Um, If you want to avoid spoilers, go to 17 minutes and 50 seconds. Remember, these are spoilers for book two and book three. Could there be a third? His name isn't actually Errol, though. We learned that later in the book. Christopher Vogel. Oh, okay. Remember that? So I oh, because maybe he knew that. Like so, maybe he was trying to covertly connect himself to Maddox. Okay, this is probably going to go off the road. Yeah, I think he might be, because the Sphinx would know that Maddox had gone and met because he sent them with a letter. That's true! Oh Oh my gosh! He's so good! Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) This is how I've never realized that before. Okay, we're going to have to do a spoiler warning at the beginning of this. Did the Sphinx tell uh, the guy, tell Errol to go by the name Errol Fisk? So yeah, his name is Errol. He tells them that his name is Errol Fisk, but we learn later in the second book that his real name is actually Christopher Christopher Vogel. Vogel. And so... And that he was sent by the Society of the Evening Star in order to help them gain trust in Vanessa. Yes. So do you think that he used the last name Fisk to try and connect himself to Maddox, who they already know? And that the Sphinx, the leader of the Society of the Evening Star, knows that they know because he sent Maddox Fisk with a letter for Stan, Grandpa Sorensen, during book book one. And so he knows that they know Maddox. But the interesting thing is that Arrow doesn't make that connection. No. He doesn't say, oh, yeah, my last name is Fisk. I am Maddox's brother. Okay, this is my new headcanon. I don't even care. I don't yeah, didn't even mean to use the same last name. He. This is now work. canon <laughs> in he, my head. <laughs> and, like, I love that. That can be, like, the unconscious, like, trust. Like, they trust a guy yeah. named Fisk who is a good guy. Oh, so let's trust this Fisk as well. Yeah, and I don't even know if they would even make that connection, but, like, maybe, you know, just possibly... 
I, that they would that he would use the last name Fisk as well, the same as Maddox. And then last like, name? and then maybe they could be like, oh, oh, we know a Fisk. Do you know Maddox? And yeah. Like, oh, you met him? Yeah, he's the ferry broker. That's yeah. my bro- brother, brother or cousin or something. He could just have that in his back pocket yeah. as like an extra. Okay, that's really crazy. <laughs> I did not expect to be able to make that connection. We thought this was going to be a total surface level review. Okay, whoa. <laughs> That blows my freaking mind. I'm so glad you remembered that Maddox's last name was, was Fisk, because I've never thought of Maddox's last name. Because with a name like Maddox, you don't need a last name. I only thought of it because, like, Dugan Fisk, like mm. his brother, who's like a lieutenant. Yeah, he's in the, the, Knights, uh, the, of the Knights of the Dawn. But yeah, so I, I just thought about him, and I was like, hang on, what if there was a third Fisk brother? I forgot that that Fisk, Errol Fisk was a alibi, al- alias, alias. An alias, yeah. And so, but... Like, imagine. That is genius. And, like, oh, my gosh. Okay, whoa. <laughs> I'm still, I don't my even, mind is blown right now. I don't even care if it was on purpose, Brandon Moult. Well done. Well done. Yeah. That was just... Okay, that was that cool. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. Okay, so apparently we're not the first people to realize this. Really? We're yeah, not. Yeah, because it says under... Okay, I'm on this, like, fandom wiki page for Fablehaven, and under Errol... It says, um, he met Kendra and Seth outside their school using the name Errol Fisk. He may have used the fake name Fisk to establish trust as Kendra and Seth had previously befriended Maddox Fisk. But I like that we're able to kind of like do the extra we're, layer with yeah, the Sphinx. Yeah, with the Sphinx. That and is And the letter that he said. Yeah. That is so freaking cool. That is crazy. Okay. Whoa. End of spoiler right here. You can come back now. Yes. And so, a little extra thing. I liked the reference to the um, gift of the Magi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I got with, that. Like, with, like, the whole, like, I, Errol had been looking for, like, an opener to, like, in order to, like, uh-huh. establish contact with Kendra and ask for the time. He doesn't actually have a pocket watch, though. Yeah. Well, no, he has, like, three, but not the pocket watch. Yeah, he doesn't He's have He's like, yeah, watch. I had to sell the pocket watch at a pawn shop for, to get cur- combs for my, for my wife for my or girlfriend. My girlfriend or and I love how Kendra's over here. Yeah, like, Kendra, Kendra gets smiles, it. gets the reference, but <laughs> Seth is just, like, went right over Seth his is like. What? <laughs> I, he doesn't even care. Like, I think he just accepts it face value. Like, oh, yeah, he was getting combs for his girlfriend, whereas Kendra's just like... Yeah. And if you don't know, the Gift of the Magi is like a like a Christmas story, I think. Yeah, it's Christmas. Where, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's what it's referencing. Yeah. So it it's is kind of funny. It's a funny. <laughs> and I love that he knows that Kendra would know that, and so he knows that he can use that for more clout, for more trustworthiness, for more... Yeah. It's a good joke. It's a good joke, and he knows... Like, it just helps so, establish yeah. him more as a like, trustworthy person. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. <sighs> this is also the first time I think we hear about being fairy struck as a thing. Yeah. So, Errol mentions that Kendra is fairy struck, and that is the condition of why she can, like, see magical mm-hmm. creatures and, like, these powers that she has because of the fairies. And she's like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because, like, yeah, like, um, what he says is the description is that the fairies shared their magic with you. Yeah. One one sl- small complaint that I get with this series is that well, we never really learn what that is, what that means, what she can do because of it. Like, eventually we get some more stuff, but it's just, like... Yeah, it's kind of left up to, you have magic. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Like, a few, like, convenient things that she is now able to do that nobody else can yeah, and so we get a little extra thing on being fairy struck, and it's interesting. But yeah, yeah, like I said, I would like to get a little bit more than we ever do, but it's okay. I get that there are other things that we got to do. I get it. 
She still has cool powers. Anyway. She does. Um, and we find out more about the less left blood or anything. Learn of later. And so, okay, so Errol is like, in order to get rid of this kobold guy, you have to go to this mortuary, <laughs> sneak in, steal a frog statue, give it to the guy as a gift, and he will leave. Oh, and don't forget, um, the guy who runs this mortuary is apparently a Viviblix, which is somebody who can animate the dead. Yep. Can create basically zombies. <laughs> And a perfect place, too, with the mortuary. And I'm just like, okay, I get why you're doing this. I get that, like, rereading this, I'm like, I get you're a bad guy. But, like, you couldn't have made it a little bit simpler? Like, or I guess they couldn't really, but, like, no. I find it, I, I find it, like, interesting even that, like, like, I know Seth is stupid brave, but that's stupid even for him. yeah. But Seth hasn't had an adventure in a year. He wants to <laughs> he wants to get going again. Fair. Yeah, so like yeah, I like and also this is our first introduction introduction to the concept of blixes. Yes. Which is so. as um Errol mentions, um what we think what he they think the where the concept of vampires came from. Mm-hmm. Because apparently what they can do is if a Vivablix specifically that we're talking about in this case, biting a corpse which is not great. Um, if they buy the corpse, they have the power to animate it. And yep. later on, I think in the series, we learn about, like, necroblixes, lectoblixes. Yeah, there's, like, a small description that I'm looking for in the book. Let me find it. Okay, I found it. So this is right before uh, Seth has to go into the mortuary. Mm-hmm. He says, so what exactly is Archibald, Archibald Kendra Prest? Hard to say for certain. Most likely a member of the Blix family. He might be a Lectoblix, a species that a species that ages swiftly and must drain the youth of others to survive, or a Narcoblix, a fiend capable of exerting control over victims while they are asleep. But given his residence, my best guess would that be would would be that he's a Vivablix, a being with the power to temporarily reanimate the dead. Like the vampires of legend, blixes connect with their victims through a bite. All varieties of blixes are highly uncommon, and here you are with one just a few miles from your home. That's not something to That's be excited comforting. about. comforting. <laughs> not something to be excited about. But um, just a fun little linguistic world. tidbit. Yeah. Viva blix in Spanish to Life. live is vivir, mm-hmm. so it's got the same. It's got the same stem. And then um, also narco like. Narcotics yeah. or narcolepsy. It has mm-hmm. it's a sleep thing. And um Lecto Lecto? Lectoblix. Lecto. I'm, I'm looking up this prefix lecto just to be Yeah. And because I'm interested because of the other two have Latin prefixes. I read or gather. To gather, that could make gathers. sense. Gathers. Interesting. Looking up the uh, To gather, yeah, I think is the... That's interesting. Uh-huh. Interesting one, yeah. I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. Because they, like, suck out the li- life from other... Gather the yeah. years, gather. the vitality. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I like... Sorry, little side uh, note there. So, yeah, nice bit of world building. Blixes do become quite important 
like in this yeah. series and like it's really interesting it's interesting to have it you know this you know fairly early on in the series yeah and i really like it also because like fable haven is like really just a conglomeration of every single mythology yeah like it has like it draws from everywhere greek roman like scottish like everywhere it gets drawn from and i really like that and i just also find it interesting because like here like we have blixes which which can be like the mythological um ancestor to vampires mm-hmm. it's just really cool to see that kind of come in it's interesting Okay, so they they get to the mortuary, and Seth, Seth is like, oh, man, yeah, we're going to go inside and get this statue. And then Errol is like, funny, you should mention that. <laughs> Actually, there's a spell on the mortuary that makes it so no one above the age of 14 can go in. So you got to do this by yourself. <laughs> so Seth has to go in on his own into the mortuary to get the statue. And I also really like here, like, he's not as, like, brash and, like, yeah. like just, like, brave, stupid as he usually is. Like, he's, like, when I was, when like, he's, like, when I was told that this was going to be an Errol Kendra coming with me kind of thing, he was, like, excited. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm going alone, uh, because, like, like oh. it also kind of references, like, the first book where he was, like, when Kendra's around, he kind of gets to put on that, like, brave, show, yeah. that brave face for her. Yeah. But now that he's alone, like it's the second, like the second or third time we like we've he's kind of seen him like kind of like deflate a little bit, like. Mm-hmm. But then I think that's when his kind of true courage comes out, where he's like, "Yeah, I'll go anyways because I want to help you out, Kendra." Because this this cobalt isn't really affecting him; it's only affecting Kendra. But he's like, "No, I'm going to help my sister out mm-hmm. and do this dangerous thing for her." Yeah. So I really like that. So yeah. And to be able to move the statue, he has to feed it. And so Errol gives him a dog biscuit. And then what does he find inside of the mortuary? A dog. A dog. <laughs> and so he's like... Because I'm not going to have this already conversation with a dog. <laughs> it's Sorry. one of those mop dogs. Like, mm-hmm. like, it looks like a mop. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. Yeah. And I love that Kent, Seth is like quick thinking. He's like... Um, okay, this dog could kill me. Um, sit! <laughs> I love how he just, like, immediately, like, just, like... He's like, okay, okay. And the, the fact that the dog listens, and he's actually, he actually, like, makes friends with it to the point where, like, it follows him around, and, mm-hmm. like, is like, oh, I want another half of the dog biscuit. And it's just like, nope. And I just thought that was funny, that, like, Seth is, like... Like, that's what he excels at. He thinks on his feet, and he adapts, and it's he like, makes okay, things work. How do I, how do I handle this situation? He, has, um, <laughs> he, uh, he inventories his resources, and he uses them appropriately. In I this mean, case, he had a dog biscuit. It is convenient he had a dog biscuit. Well, I find it interesting that even at the end, like, Errol doesn't come clean about that. He's like, oh, wait, there was a dog? Yeah, he's playing dumb. <laughs> well, then why would he play dumb, though? Okay, but why would he actually have a dog biscuit? But why would he, why would he deny knowing that there was a dog? Probably because he knows that the person is not a Vivablix. <laughs> the same reasoning. I don't know. Like, he knows more. I don't know. I just... I get the feeling, like, that was honestly more of a coincidence. Like... Really? Errol didn't, like, know... Like... Because, like, why... Why play dumb even after the gambit was over? Yeah, I don't know. I've never quite understood why. But it just feels way too convenient. Well, I feel like... Yeah, like, he gave him a dog biscuit at that point. I would just say, warn the kid. Just say, hey, there's a dog. Why would that, like... I don't know. Why would that diminish the trustworthiness at all? If anything, it diminishes the trustworthiness to not tell him. Yeah. Like I said, I've, I've never really understood why he <laughs> denied it. 
Like, I'm trying to go it back to it. going over my head. I don't know. So why send me in with a dog biscuit? You could have given me any food. I thought you were worried. Exactly. I might not go if I knew there was a dog. I'm sorry, Seth. I sure assure you that the d- biscuit was a coincidence. Why would I warn you about the undead yet not mention the dog? Which is a good point, but also I don't know. Like I just maybe I just distrust him so much that I'm like, <laughs> why? <laughs> I'm just I don't know. Like I like he's not like that's there's no reason for that. Like I just like like for that that part's always kind of confused me. Like did he yeah. actually not know about the dog? So yeah. So when Seth goes and gets the frog. First of all, there's a sign next to it that says, do not feed the frog. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, uh, what? <laughs> Why can't I feed the frog? But then when he tries to pick it up, it's like cemented to like the table the or whatever, the pedestal that it's on. And so the only way to move it is to feed it. So he feeds it and he's able to move it. But when he like picks it up, it bites him. And... You know, it was a little, like, retaliation, I guess, for moving it. Mm-hmm. I, I really like, like, Seth is like, huh, that's a very specific request. Do not feed the frog. Yeah. That was exactly like, what I was Like, there's literally, like, a sign that says, like, do not feed this frog. I and also really like the, the image that comes with the, that comes the with the book. Yeah. yeah. Like, it has the sign, like, front and center. Like, don't touch the frog. That's a little alcove. Very cute. Yeah. Also, how creepy would it be to go into a mortuary in the middle of the night, in the dark, alone? With caskets. And having been told that there could be zombies in there. Mm-hmm. And there's creepy. literally, like, caskets around him. Ugh. Mortuaries are creepy. Get, Seth has to literally get an axe to hack down a door. Yeah. And I'm just over here, like, he literally has to, like, like hold me an axe. I'm like, this is a scene from a horror movie. He is going to the mortuary <laughs> holding an axe. Trying shining. To, <laughs> trying to chop out a hole in a door so he can get into it. I'm Here's like, Seth. Who's the villain and who's the, like, like if, depending on the perspective, Seth, Seth, like, if somebody was in that room, Seth would be the, like, the, the horrifying zombie that's coming to get him. Or other, like, from Seth's point of view, he's like, he could be, like, chopping down, trying to get through. I'm just, like, looking at this through different lenses, and I'm just like, this could be misconstru- misconstrued many different ways. And I love how Seth's like, well, there goes any secrecy. Somebody yeah. definitely didn't know I was yeah. here. If they didn't notice the frog was gone, they're definitely going to notice the chopped down door. Yeah. But I mean, another case of like thinking on his feet. The door is locked. Nowhere else is showing anything. And so he literally just has to like carve out a hole, stick his hand through and unlock the door. Mm-hmm. For a 12 year old, that's impressive. It's pretty good. Job, Seth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they get the frog, go back home, and then the next day at school, Kendra wraps it up in a gift and gives it to Case. And when he opens it, he you can tell he thinks it's mouthwash at first. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of like angry, and you know from like look on his face, he kinda, he like glares at Kendra, and then immediately gets up to like literally leave right at that second. Mm-hmm. He just says, "I'm gone." Yep. I find that very, very interesting. Like, because there's a part of me that thinks, is that true? Because it's revealed that Errol is yeah. is a plant from the Society of the Evening Star, uh-huh. implying that also the Cobalt is as well. They set up a threat and then set in a solution to gain trust. Yeah, it was like an immediate, immediate solution. Mm-hmm. Like, he immediately leaves. So I'm wondering how much of that was staged. Like, was there any ceremonial? But I think I do lean to the side where it was just like, it was meant to be a quick solution so that you yeah. could see how effective the arrow was and trust him. Yeah. So then we get to chapter 
well, this is chapter four where she gives them the gift. And then, again, when Seth is leaving school, Errol is there again. And this time, he is coming to them with a problem that he needs some help with. Mm -hmm. Um, He says that somewhere a couple hours away, there's like a houseboat that belongs to a member of the society. And on the houseboat, there's like this amulet that is like super powerful and... He wants Kendra and Seth to come with him to go onto the boat and then steal the amulet away from the society. And he says that it would be, like, super, super good for the enemies of the society to get that amulet away from them. And so Seth is, like, really convinced. He's like, oh, we need to do this because we need to, you know... Protect Fablehaven. Protect Fablehaven and make moves on the society. And Kendra is like... Well, we still haven't heard back from Grandpa. And this is a lot different than going ten minutes away. Yeah. It's several hours. hours. And, like, I love how, like, this... I like that she's still, like, not trusting. Yeah. Like, yes, he just helped her get away, get rid of this kobold, but she's still, like, I don't know. She's still wary. Mm-hmm. That's very, very good. Very that, good girl. Good that, girl. Yes. Good survival instincts. <laughs> Though we do learn that she had basically decided to almost go on mm-hmm. the trip. But of course, convenience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, Grandpa manages to finally get a hold of Kendra and her family. And we find out that until that day, they had not even known, like, they had not known, but their phone line had been cut. Mm hmm. Maybe not purposely, but let's be honest, we know it was uh, on purpose. It was like, definitely purposely. Like the phone food company's like, oh, we don't think it was deliberate. Yeah. It was deliberate. It doesn't appear to be purposeful, but, yeah. And so, Grandpa's calling because he's heard about some suspicious activity in their area. He says, something was recently stolen from a friend of mine, and I just wanted to make sure that you guys are okay, and I think you guys could come stay here. And I just love that, like, that um, description of how Kendra's just, like, gets the sinking feeling in her mm-hmm. gut. She's, She's like, like, this is familiar. What was stolen? Yeah. And Grandpa's like, I we don't care about it right now. I care about you. Let's get you out. And she's like, no. Was it a statue of a little frog? And Grandpa, I just love, like, there's, like, a second of silence before he goes, oh, Kendra. It's and I just love, like, because yeah. he knows that, like, the guilt is hitting her right there. Because he's like, because he's like, oh, crap, somebody got to them. I think it's, like, the realization that he's, like, ah, they're in more danger than I thought they Mm -hmm. were, you know? And also just, like, she's going to beat herself up for this. Like, Seth has already gotten, like, a few things that he feels guilty for with the whole almost causing Fablehaven to fall by his actions. And, like, like now Kendra is just, like, I should have known better. Mm. I should have, I shouldn't have trusted. I should have tried harder to get in contact. But, like, I find it's, mm, it's so good. I just love that, like, quick little, like, sympathy from Grandpa and just guilt crashing down on Kendra. In order to rescue them from the situation, Grandpa says that he's sending his friend, Vanessa Santoro, to come and pick them up that night and take them straight to Fablehaven. Because the sooner that they they can get out of there, the better, because the society is closing in on them. Mm -hmm. And so it takes a couple hours for her to get there. And this is actually the same night that Errol wanted them to go with him to the house on that boat. mission. And so he's, like, waiting not far from their house for them to come. 
And he's like, well, if you don't show up, that will, like, tell me that you don't want to come. But then he actually, like, calls them. He, he calls Kendra, pretending to be, like, one of her friend's parents. Her friend's parents. Line, yeah, yeah in, in order to be able to talk to her. And then as he's, like, calling her, Vanessa pulls up and he's like, oh, is that a fr- family friend or something? Like, he is That's one suspicious. Of a <laughs> and so she's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. And then she kind of, like, hangs up and is like, oh, crap. Now he knows that we're leaving. We got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, I love how, like, Vanessa is there. And she plays the coy. Like, she's, like, she comes up and she looks like this cool, suave, take care of business chick. Also, she is, like, gorgeous. Like, Seth literally, like, stops in his tracks and is just, like, like, immediately in love with her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so um, I just love that, like, as, like, they're getting this stuff in the car Vanessa is doing all the right things, like, playing it smooth and, like, talking calmly. Like, just like any family friend. But as soon as, like, it's just her and Kendra, like, Vanessa, like, looks at the car and she, like, looks back at Kendra like, yeah, I know. And then she gives the code word, kaleidoscope. Yeah. And they get, and Kendra's like, and that's her, like, and I love how Kendra's trust is kind of shattered right there. Like, she does not get in the car until she hears that word. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, let's go. She's like, okay, I can trust you. Mm Mm-hmm. And then immediately, Vanessa's like, you know... Puts her pain face on in real of like, okay, how long has he been there? We got to be like, including the sunglasses. Yeah, she puts she on the sunglasses. The and then Seth is like, isn't it a little dark for sunglasses? It's like 10 p.m. <laughs> She's like, night vision, actually. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, sick, honestly. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to cut the lights and we're just going to go. I know. And I was like, let's go, Queen. And um, it's so cool. And then so Vanessa goes straight, like, race car driver or like demolition derby i don't know this woman is a queen on the fast and the furious honestly (laughs) but um it's just so like like vanessa is just Mm -hmm. killer love her so much but then like right after they like get away from their house they are then ambushed by this like monster called well she calls it a dullian which is Kind of like a golem, like how Hugo is, mm-hmm. but it's made out of hay. And it's kind of funny because Seth hasn't had milk, and so he's like, a haystack? Like, he just sees, like, a haystack, which is kind of funny. But then it's, like, standing in the way of uh, of the road, like, stopping them from getting away. And that just tells you, again, the society is closing in, and they, they're like, they're trying to get the kids. Which, I mean, makes sense because now that they, like, being fairy struck as they think that Kendra is, yeah. is not common. No. And that has powers associated with it, and they went through all the effort trying to get the kids to trust Errol, mm-hmm. so why not, con- like, they're going to want those kids. Well, and also, he was definitely going to, like, kidnap them if they were going to go with him. Like, it was all, like, a fake story, so they're, they're still trying to get them. Mm-hmm. And so Vanessa does some, like, maneuvering and, like, gets past the monster, and then she's like... We'll be there in two hours, <laughs> which is, I think, like a four or six hour car trip or something like that, usually. Mm-hmm. And I really like how, like, Kendra is, like, shell-shocked. Like, we did barely hear from her after they get past the Dullian, and Seth's like, that was awesome! Yeah! <laughs> Seth being Seth. <laughs> Seth being Seth. And I also love that, like, right after, Vanessa's like, oh, he, by the way, here's some milk. And Seth's like, seriously! You couldn't have given that to me before? <laughs> like, as soon as we got in the car, you couldn't have got it so I can see the 
the cool like the cool monster straw straw golem. <laughs> yeah. Come on, like now you tell me. Such a Seth reaction. He's like, oh, are you like, kidding me? But also, I loved it. Like Vanessa's like, yeah, I'm gonna go about 150. And anybody who looks at us is probably going to think they just clocked a UFO because we're going to dim the lights and just go. Yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> and so it's like, this might be the coolest day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Except that I don't have anywhere to put my legs because it's a sports car. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, love that. We've been kind of mentioning it throughout, but are there any good Seth quotes that we haven't mentioned that that you really liked? Because we, well, we always need some more Sethisms. Okay, um... Back in, um, I think, the third chapter, um, Seth just got back from the mortuary with the with the statuette. Kendra's like, you were in there for a while. I was getting worried. And Seth's like, I was. I found a computer and played some video games. <laughs> Kendra's like, seriously, while we were out here stressing about you, I'm kidding. I had to wa- whack a door down with an axe. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm like, Kendra's over here probably thinking, was he serious? I, compl- I can't tell if he was serious. Because, <laughs> like, we know he was serious, but does Kendra? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I liked that. I was playing some video games. Like, of course, I, was, I wasn't I was trying to stress you out. In Chapter 4, when they're waiting for Vanessa, um, Seth is going through his emergency kit, and <laughs> he has, like, the firecrackers and stuff, and Kendra is like, you really think firecrackers are going to come in handy? Seth is like, you never know. I get it, Kendra said. Someone might want to have an early 4th of July celebration. Seth <laughs> shook his head in exasperation. Yeah, or might need a diversion. And then it says, then he held up a couple of dog biscuits. I had these since the mortuary. I might have been eaten alive without one. He learns. Yeah. <laughs> Slowly, but he learns. So I also, for future adaptations, I really hope that they, like, make his emergency kit, like, just like a big character trait of his at least for like the first couple books because it really is like that's just i just i love it so much i love his emergency kit and how he always has like firecrackers and stuff (laughs) and oh i hope because i feel like he mentioned the firecrackers in like the first book as well yeah now he's mentioning it in the second book i want in like the future movie or tv show i want him to use the firecrackers for something i'm so sad that he's never used them like it's like the perfect opportunity he always brings up that he has firecrackers he needs to use them i would love to see him like use them like in fable haven because they're like basically it's kind of magic to people who've never Mm -hmm. seen them that's like his argument he's like i will look like a wizard i have mirrors i have firecrackers and so like use them against like a magical creature or something as a diversion like it would work that would actually be great yeah so i please whoever makes this in the future do it you make make seth use his fireworks and his firecrackers and also, like, when his dad confronts him and when he's putting him back into his emergency kit, are those firecrackers? Just little ones. Just little ones. He's like, it's fine. <laughs> also, when Seth first comes up to Errol and Kendra when they're talking, he's like, who's the ringmaster? <laughs> that was really funny. I'm like, oh. I mean, because, yeah, Errol is dressed up like He's a... dressed up mm-hmm. pretty crazily, so that was funny. Oh, here we go. Another Sethism. Um... A few more strokes with the axe, and he had chopped out a hole in the door large enough for, to reach his hand through. Seth wiped the handle of the axe with his shirt before setting it aside, just in case vampires knew how to check for fingerprints. He's covering all his bases. <laughs> for some reason, when I first read that, I thought it said zombies, but vampires works too. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Forgot about that one. Alrighty. Well, this concludes our review, our um, analysis, not review, analysis of the first four chapters of Society... No, The Rise of the Evening Star, which honestly, 
We need to talk about that title. That is a sick title. It's a good title. Uh-huh. All of his titles are really good, mm-hmm. honestly. I like this book a lot overall, just like a general... Like, yeah. This is one of my favorite. Like, Starting to reread this, I was just thinking of like everything that happens later in the book, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is actually like a really solid sequel. Like, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. And it sets up... Like, the first book set up a lot of the... The first book had a hard job to get a lot of the yeah. world building good. And I think it did a good job, like, keeping it very localized with Fablehaven. Mm-hmm. Kind of gets so you acclimatized. Rise, yeah. Book two does the same thing. It keeps it in Fablehaven, but it goes so much deeper. Like, it says... And grander. Mm-hmm. And it says, we're just going to... Like, we're going to stay in Fablehaven, but we're going to take it to a global scale. Yeah. Both by bringing in new people, like Vanessa and the other characters we meet later on. Which we'll meet next time. But also, like, through, like, the new plots that we're being involved in. Mm-hmm. Like, the new... Like, the overarching, like, we kind of get into, like, the overarching themes and yeah. quests yeah, book in this two, book. Book two is where we really hit the ground running mm-hmm. in the overarching story plot of the series. Mm-hmm. This is not a self, it, it's still a self-contained story, but it does a great job of, like, opening up yeah. and, like, saying, yes, yeah. this is a, this is a series. This is not a book. This is a series. Yeah, I'm excited to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in for this seventh, seventh episode seventh episode of the Knights of the Dawn podcast. Um, we are super grateful for all of your continued support and downloads, likes, subscribes, everything. Every little bit helps, honestly, and it really makes our day just to see it. It's just super cool. Yep. So make sure to try and interact with this wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening. We would love to hear from you both on the websites and also from our email, knightsofthedawnpodcast at gmail.com. No space, no caps. We will do our best to respond to you as soon as possible. And we honestly, we just love it. We love seeing you. We love seeing your interactions. We love hearing from you. Mm-hmm. And you, may, you guys give us great ideas. So please feel free to give us any ideas or um, questions that you would like us to answer on the air we'd we'd be happy to yeah let us know what you want want to see from us and make sure to subscribe to our youtube channel you can leave any comments and stuff we like seeing comments there and Mm -hmm. so yeah have a great day and drink the milk see ya